Welcome to From Rock Bottom to Badass. And today I have a very special guest, Dr. Dawn Mange. I'm pretty Hi. excited to have you on because you're an author and I can't wait to hear all about your work. But first, let's tell the people, who are you? Oh, my name is Dr. Don Menge. I've been teaching students with severe cognitive delays for over 20 years. I'm a professor and I also mentor other teachers. I have three very grown children and I'm going to have my sixth grandchild next month. So we're really excited. We'll have three girls and three boys. So it's perfect pairs. Uh, and I write an educational series based on my family and my real life adventures. And everyone in the book is a real person in my life or one of my students or so. It's all incorporated in, in everything. It's all mixed up together. <laughs> so cute. Okay, so we've already established that you um, identify with having like a rebirth kind of story in your life, right? Yes. Talk about that. What is, what is, um, what's rebirth? What is that for you? Well, I was married for um, almost 27 years and we had to get a divorce and there was um, some domestic violence and, you know, I lost just about everything, but I was teaching. So I did have my career and I had lots of friends. And from that, he was making some very bad decisions and kind of messing up the life that we had built. So from that, I decided to begin my PhD program and to start writing my children's books and publishing them. And it began a whole new journey for me. And so I, like, I don't really like to talk about like what happened um, because, you know, it was bad. Bad things happened. But I decided that I wanted to rebuild my life. And I did, I had to start over. I had no home. I was living like on my, my, my family's couches and, and all of that. And so I did have to rebuild. Uh, thankfully I did have a career, so that was very helpful. But it's just about how you have to look into yourself to see what it is that your passions are and what you wanna do with your life and to not let other people, other people's actions they're going to impact you, but to not let them impact you to the point where you lose yourself or you lose your spirit or you're not able to fight back. You have to just keep fighting back. And sometimes, you know, you have to rebuild yourself a couple of times during your life. And that's some things that um, we can talk about a little bit of some other things. I spent, I don't know, almost five years rebuilding, you know, my credit, um, being able to buy a home again. And um, when I did that, um, I was dating a man and he had a person in his life that didn't want us dating. And so she decided to terrorize me in my home, inside of my home, and we couldn't stop her. And so I ended up selling that home, which I had worked so hard to get. But out of that, um, I wrote a book. <laughs> so all of my books are based on my life and my life experiences. So she did this to me for uh, over three years. And even after I sold my house, um, she, the sheriff said she was gonna continue to follow me. So I had to kind of hide a little bit and I lived with my son for a year and he was wonderful and he just let me relax and rest. But I wrote this book and she came to my house and she said I was a dragon slayer. 
and she wasn't going to let him have me. And she said, I had this cloud of black smoke over my house. So I was sitting in the sheriff's office with um, a friend of mine and she'd been my assistant for 20 years. So she was in my classroom and I would be in my classroom and my alarms would be going off. And so everybody knew this was happening to me. We just didn't know at the time who was doing it. So we went to the sheriff and we were talking to the detective and he confirmed who this person was. So her and I drove to Vegas to have just a restful weekend. And on the way there, we wrote this book. And it's about King Teddy and Queen Giggles. And it's about their kingdom and a dragon. And the king, the king befriends the dragon. And then he tries to introduce the queen to the dragon and the dragon is very unhappy about it. And so she starts blowing black smoke all over the kingdom and ruining the crops. But she's telling all the villagers how she's helping them. And so nobody knows what's wrong and the crops are all dying and the kingdom is you know, just falling apart and everybody's sad. And then one day the king catches the dragon doing it when it was during the night. And so he banishes her from the kingdom. And then the kingdom, see he's banishing her. And then the kingdom begins to flourish and everybody's happy again and the crops all grow and the king and queen are happy. But it's just, it's a, it's a tale based on not hurting other people when you're jealous or angry and um, you know, that it isn't okay. And so when I, I just published it, I actually wrote it three years ago, but I really didn't feel safe enough to publish it or to talk about it. So I actually just started talking about it a couple of months ago. I published it in January and I read it for a podcast in UK and it was trending there for a while. And then I started entering it into some film festivals because I got into some film festivals about a year ago with my students, with my books that have my students in them with the disabilities. And just this morning, it was a finalist in the Hollywood Dreams Film Festival. Oh my. And, yesterday, and yesterday, the Miracle Makers, uh, the directors contacted me and specifically asked me to enter this book in the book trailer into their film festival. I think they're going to feature it, I think is what they were saying. So I did that yesterday. And it's also been a finalist in um, the Action on Film Festival and it's entered in the Conquering Disabilities. And that's something I did also about a year ago. My, the last time I counted, my series has won 41 awards. So I started entering um, film festivals. And so- Wait a second, could you tell me about how they do the book into a film festival? So like they do stop motion or like, you know, like- Well, what you do is they have, they have screenplays, they have written work, you can enter posters, you can enter artwork, you can enter like the book trailers are in the short, short festivals. They have, they have hundreds of categories. You know, you don't, that's something I didn't know that you could enter a book. You don't have to enter a screenplay. I so I saw the Conquering Disabilities with Film Festival on Facebook. And so I contacted her and I said, well, can I enter my books because they have disabilities in them because that's what I do. <laughs> And this is Ireland and Heather and Ireland has Rett syndrome. And so these, this is based on my trips to Kona, Hawaii. I have a childhood friend that lives there with his wife and I spent a lot of time going there. Mm -hmm. So Ireland is uh, making lays for her classmates and her mom is helping her. So all of my books are based on days of the weeks, months of the years um, and 
every month is a new friend and a new subject, and then it has seven facts. So this would be seven facts about Rett syndrome. So it's just explaining to the queen why her mom has to help her and why that her muscles aren't working very well. But it's also teaching the children that are reading the book that Ireland goes to school with her friends and she wants to share and she has a happy life. And this one is Connor. Connor has autism and Connor was my student and this is his dad. And Connor has a communication device that he uses to speak to people. So in this page, they're at the Volcanic National Park and he's teaching the queen how to use his communication device and why he uses it. And so when the child is reading this, they'll know, oh, that's why that, that child on campus, that's why they have that iPad. They're not playing games. They don't get to play games on campus. They're using it to communicate so that they will understand and they will look at, you know, they will be able to focus on the communication device and know that that's how he's using it. But that's how I started getting into the film festivals. And then, um, so my series has won the Special Recognition Champion Award for the film festival and a couple of other um, awards. But now I've um, entered, I don't know how many, one day a couple of weeks ago, one of my, my book trailer for this book won um, the special, what was it, the special recognition and they were announcing it in Italian. So, yeah, so I've won in Italy and uh, Bali and Europe. And so, you know, I'm just having a lot of fun doing that. But all of this just started from when I was getting my divorce and I wanted to rebuild my life and do something that was just kind of about me and what I love doing. And so I love traveling. And I had actually written the original book during my credentialing. Um, I, I took a math class and they had me write a book. So when I was getting divorced, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna publish the book. And I actually named it after my grandmother because the original book had my students in it. Mm -hmm. But the, I named it after my grandmother, Renita, and everybody in the book is someone in my family. And so the first book I put all the children in it thinking, well, they're not gonna you know, be upset or you know, they're not gonna know. So this is Hannah, she's my niece. And then, uh, this is Queen Vernita, and let me see, I'm trying to get the pages here. This is my daughter, Nicole, and this is Thanksgiving. And so when I first wrote it, that's what I was doing. I just was gonna publish the book and I was good. And then I started winning awards and getting interviews and decided that the queen was gonna travel around her kingdom and learn about the different areas and different friends because I love to travel. And so all of my books are based on my actual travel. So I don't put anything in my books unless I've actually done it. So in New Orleans, I went and we went into the bayou and we held a baby alligator in the bayou. And so it's in the book. And the illustrations are based on uh, real pictures I take in my life. Really? And my illustrator, yeah, she's able to take real pictures and incorporate them and pip the different people into the illustrations. So that's what I'm doing. <laughs> and I can see, I think already how dreaming of doing these, you know, creating these books and, you know, focusing on what do you really want to do with your, you know, for yourself are those things that you kind of had to grab onto that helped you survive during those moments? Is that true or can you elaborate? Yes. 
No, that yeah, that's that's very true. You know, when you when you have a couple of homes, <clears throat> sorry, when you have a couple of homes and you know you've established, um, you have your retirements ready, and then everything just goes to the wayside. And then you think, okay, what am I going to do now? You know, I'm at a certain age, and I have to. I was married at 19, and I had to start over. What am I going to do? And it was really hard for me to accept the fact that he was doing it on purpose. I think that was the hardest part for me is you you don't want to believe that someone that says they care about you and someone you've lived with, someone you've had children with that are that they're purposely hurting you. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the hardest thing for me to accept. No, he's just upset. No, you know, it's just that no, they're doing it on purpose. And so that's the one thing that I really, you know, want the audiences to understand is if things are happening to you and you keep making excuses for it, it's going to get worse. And so you have to identify the fact that, yes, people do do bad things on purpose, you know, especially if they're close to you, because those are the people that really can only do things that are bad to you is people that are close to you. So that was the hardest part for me. And I, it was hard to actually give up on my marriage and to say, okay, this really isn't ever going to get any better. And it actually got to the point where it was very dangerous. And so I had no choice, but, um, so what I did is I looked into myself and I looked in my life and what do I love? And so I just started writing my books and doing interviews and just putting all of my energy into that. And it's just turned into something, you know, just totally not nothing I would have ever thought would happen. <laughs> it wasn't on purpose. <laughs> All that transmutation of energy, when you literally take the negative energy and you do something positive with it and it just turns, you know, crap into gold. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. it's like this experience. I mean, they, they did everything. Oh my gosh, they went after my job. They got into my social media. They got into my emails. I mean, they did everything they could to ruin my life. And, and they did, there was parts of it that they did damage that I have to keep fixing, which I shouldn't have to, but that's just the way life is. But um, I wrote a book and the book is winning awards and it's going to be featured at a film festival. And you know what? Hopefully it helps someone else. Yeah. You know, even if you're an adult and you're listening to one of my interviews and you think, oh my gosh, that's what's happening to me. That is happening. You know, then I've helped someone, you know, and I gave this book to a lady that has, that's a children's author and she was reading it with her son. And I just loved it because it was exactly what I wanted. It's exactly what an author wants. They were going through it. They were learning vocabulary, comprehension. He was problem solving. He was trying to figure out what the king could have done to catch him. He's like, well, why didn't he just ask the guard to help him? Or, you know, and he's like, oh, I'll put a trail of food and there'll be a net and they'll catch the dragon. And so it was really cute listening to him process all of the information. And at the very end, he said, I don't think the dragon really meant to hurt anybody. And, you know, I don't, I I believe she did, (laughs) but, um, that was his take on it. And you know what? That's okay. You know, you know, it's how he processed the information, but at least when he, he was, he was only six, but when he grows up a little bit, he's going to think about not hurting other people if he gets upset mm-hmm. or, you know, if someone's hurting him, maybe he could talk to them about it, you know? So it really did teach, it taught him, 
and that's wonderful. <laughs> it's wonderful. I I think it's so amazing how you've made something so beautiful out of such a painful experience. Um, you've really created a beautiful concept here and it seems like kind of a consistent way to continue to heal yourself yeah I mean it's not like it doesn't still hurt it does but you know you just have to keep going <clears throat> you have to keep going with your life and and good things will happen does it feel healing when you take your reality and then turn it into one of these stories is that a, a healing process for you yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it, yeah, it feels it it feels good to know that even though bad things have happened to me that maybe I'm able to help someone else. You know, you know, I started doing a lot of, you know, when we went into this uh, lockdown and all this last year, I'm a teacher. So, I was actually I do a lot of work with Sacramento and I help create the test the testing for our students. And I was up in Sacramento and the teachers and the other, they were from San Diego and LA and they were closing their school districts while we were up there and I was like, what's going on? So I come home the next day, that was it. We didn't go back to school after that. So we didn't have any supplies. We didn't have anything. And, you know, my students are severely handicapped and I thought they're not gonna learn on Zoom. You know, they can't do that. But it actually, it, it turned out okay. I, the parents were very supportive and they worked really hard with their students, their children. And so it, it turned out okay. We're back in class now uh, for summer school. But the one thing I did is because I was so busy, I, was, I do a lot of work with Story Monster Magazine. It's an educational magazine. And that's something else I did during, after I'd started publishing the books and then that new thing happened to me, they actually started bothering my books. I mean, they went after everything. So I joined the Society of Children's Books Writers and Illustrators and I was just exhausted. And I was sitting in the back of the conference room and I wasn't gonna stay for the last talk, but I'm like, no, I'm gonna stay. So I sat in the back of the room on the floor, it was so crowded. And I listened to Kwame Alexander, which he uh, writes middle school books and he's a Newbery Award winner. And they talk about all the failures they have and how hard it's been. It's like they didn't just one day wake up and they're like these famous people. You know, they worked really hard for it and they had a lot of setbacks. And then so and that's a really good thing. If you're if you're a writer, it's a good thing to join those organizations and talk to the other people. You know, they've had a hard time, too. It's not been easy, but he has a speech and it's called Yes. And he said that he just said yes to opportunities. You know, so if he was asked to be on a panel, he said yes, and then that led to something else. So that really helped me. And I actually wrote to him. He's the only person I think that I've ever written to and said, thank you. <laughs> you know, thank you for this speech. Thank you for um, helping me. And so from that, I started taking other opportunities as an author. I joined a bunch of organizations and I went to conferences and I started working with a magazine, it's called Story Monster Magazine, and I actually write book reviews for them. So they send me boxes of books and I write the book reviews and I read them to my class and we do um, book, you know, book, um, book things for them. And so then I give the students the book. So it just like, it just goes to everybody. But I started doing that. I started judging their literary contests 
And then also, I love to read, and I don't get to read very much, like for recreational reading. So the Indie Tale magazine was looking for judges for their romance books. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do that. So I have to read. <laughs> It'll force me to read something fun. So I think this is my fourth or fifth year. I, I've lost track. So every the beginning of every summer, I'm given a set of books, romance books from indie authors, and I get to read them and judge them. And so I really enjoy doing that because, um, you know, they are actually really good, really good writers. And it's really fun to read the romance books. I um, is it the indie, um, the indie authors? Yeah, indie tales, they're romance authors. Oh, okay, never mind. It's called, yeah, it's called Indie Tale. And um, I actually went to one of their, I went to the awards ceremony um, because I was supposed to give the award to the, to the authors that I had judged, but they didn't show up for it. But they're very different than children's authors, let me tell you. <laughs> they're a little more wilder and they have lots of fun, but it was a really fun um, award ceremony. And um, I'm glad that I went. So I just started doing lots of different things I joined the United States Born on Books for Young People, and I've been on that. I'm their um, ambassador for Southern California. So I represent their organization, and it's an international organization. And I actually flew to New York City and went to some of their conferences. And I'm actually on the committee to pick the best books for, young, for or about people with disabilities. So I get books for that, and we look at it. So um, beyond being just a teacher, this has expanded to just something that I, it never occurred to me that any I would be doing any of this. <laughs> A little side question. Um, I work and I have for many years in mental health. Um, do you write any books about mental health disabilities? I don't have um, anything specifically. I just have, I have autism and Down syndrome, um, cerebral palsy, but um, my brother, my older brother um, has schizophrenia and it manifested when he was in his uh, early 20s. So I don't write about it, but I do have it. Have, we have experiences with it. And a lot of people have asked me to write a book about just like about disabilities. And I don't know, I haven't done it yet. I've kind of hesitated because the books incorporate the children into the stories. So to show that, you know, they're living, they're living their lives like everyone else in the story is. But just to have a book specifically about disabilities. I, I don't know, I think I'm kind of hesitant about that. Yeah. Um, but I haven't, I haven't done any of that. But if you write, the Conquering Disabilities with Film Festival is for people who um, either are caretakers of anyone who's disabled or, or anything like that. So if you have anything or anyone in your audience that you know, or any, anybody you work with who writes, who has some kind of disability, um, they can enter their work into this film festival and be honored. It's called the Conquering Disabilities with Film Festival. Okay. And the lady that actually um, runs it, she um, is bipolar and she's interviewed me several times and she started by just writing down what was happening she, write it, she started writing it down and then she started a blog. And then she started, wrote a book. Wow. And then the book turned into a film. And um, she, she's just winning all these awards and now she's the director of this film festival. I mean, she never imagined that's what was gonna happen. Right. And 
the film that she has, it's called Letters, Letters to Daniel, I think, and it's about her experiences. And, you know, when she was doing that, she was just trying to process and cope with what was happening. And now it's turned into all this whole other thing. And she's teaching other people, you know, that she can live a full life yeah. and how she copes with how her and her family cope with what's happening. Um, so it's a really good thing to check out. Beautiful. I wrote it down and I'm going to check it out. Um, because I have a couple diagnoses and, you know, um, anything that I can find that is great resources like that for, to share with people with disabilities. Um, I'm definitely going to go check that out. So thank you for sharing that with me. Uh -huh. Is there any spiritual aspects to your journey? getting where where you're at now being this author with all of these awards and participating in all these amazing things like <laughs> was there well i side? um i think for me that i must there must be a, a huge i don't, I don't know how to like a like not a backing but to enable me to have lived through what happened and to be able to share it um when this was happening to me, the lady that actually was doing this to me um, was religious and she was basing this on religion, like she know, and which obviously in, in my world, she wasn't religious <laughs> to hurt other people, you can't be. But there was something that happened to me while this was happening. And I had a little girl and I, get a, I got a lot of high profile students that were having problems they came into my classroom and I had a little girl and she was being abused. And it was the weirdest thing that every time there, I would get in my car to go to work and there would be religious music on my radio. And I didn't put it on there. It would just be on there. And I would go to work and this little girl would have been abused when she got to school. And it happened every single time. And we gave her a little radio to listen to and the radio would be on religious music. It was the weirdest thing. But um, I just think that based on the fact that the woman that was hurting me um, tells everyone how religious she is and that all of these things happen, there has to be a lot of spiritual um, connectiveness mm -hmm. for me to have gone through it. There was a purpose. Um, I didn't like it and it doesn't make me happy, <laughs> but there has to be a purpose to it. And so for me, the purpose is to help other people go through it and to try to get, um, to, to remember that they are strong enough and it's, it's going to end at some point. It has, well, hopefully, you know, and we didn't, I didn't catch her to the point where I could prosecute her or, and believe me, that upset the sheriffs. <laughs> but, you know, she's going to have to live with who she is and what she did. And for whatever reason she got out of it, I, I don't know, you know. Um, but I got out of it the kind of person that I am. And I get to share all of my life stories and it's turning into something really big. And in fact, my publisher, um, my publisher says that there's a producer from Netflix that's interested in my series. And I just hired a screenwriter last week to, to turn two of them into an animated screenplay for the pitch. Um, I'm staying realistic about it, hopefully. <laughs> but I'm excited. 
And we'll see if that really comes of something. But if not, I'll have the screenplays and I can enter them into the film festivals and hopefully get interest of somebody else. But, oh, that's what I started to say was during the lockdown, I decided that because I'd been so busy, I hadn't, I had a goal that I was going to publish one book a year. And I got really busy and all that stuff happened and I didn't get to do that. I was actually afraid to publish books. Yeah. So yeah. now I've caught up. Um, I published three this year. I published Dragon's Breath. I published this one, Queen Vernita's Magical Christmas Train Ride. Oh my God. This, this is my grandson and he's asleep in Santa's lap. And what we did is we took the train from Williams, Arizona to the Grand Canyon. There was, there was 19 of us. They're based on real stories. And this is my family. And um, the band, there was a band, it, it was just like a play. You know, they drove their horses along the side of the train and they got on and they robbed us. But these are my grandsons, my actual grandsons. And the band, it was holding him up like this. So um, this is Dylan and Blake and the band, it's holding them up. So she took um, the picture from our trip and this, these are my son's feet. It looks like they're hanging over the Grand Canyon but there's actually a ledge underneath them but I didn't know that because I was standing behind them when they were doing it. And so I was like freaking out and telling them to move and they were laughing. They thought it was funny, <laughs> but it wasn't funny. But um, so <laughs> I always tell everybody they were safe, you know, and it snowed when we were there and we went to Flagstaff and went to a Santa's workshop. And so this is actually my assistant. She, she was incorporated into the picture my assistant at work, and this is her daughter, and they're writing a letter to Santa Claus. So this one is pre-K to first grade, and it's just a fun read. And um, so this is something I published this year, and I published uh, The Dragon's Breath, and I published um, Queen Verena Sleeps by the Sandy Fireside. It just came out like two weeks ago. I don't even have a copy of it yet. And that's one of the books I'm gonna turn into the screenplay. And this one, this one, my little brother, his name is Heath, and he's an astronomer at JPL. And when he was little, I called him Heathy Bean. So in this book, he's Sir Heathy Bean, and he teaches about astronomy. And this is Jake. Jake has cerebral palsy, and Jake is my friend Judy's son. It's her foster son. And so she's been caring for him for over 20 years. And so he's teaching everybody about um, cerebral palsy, just seven facts. This is Jeremy and Jeremy has Down syndrome. He was my student. And there's just seven facts about Down syndrome and astronomy. So this is how I've incorporated everything. Um, but I'm trying to find what I do with it. Oh, so this one, I didn't talk about our trips. This one, this is my son and we were in Tahiti. So when he was 16, my mom and I traveled and we took Jeremy. And so Jeremy was in Bora Bora and we actually, this was a combination of scuba diving and snorkeling. You just wear this really heavy helmet and we went down about 12 feet and we were feeding the fish. And this is an actual picture of him and he's feeding the fish. And so my illustrator made the, the illustration from it. And if you go into my social media and you go into the albums for the, each of the book will be the actual pictures of what we did. Um, and the shark cage, let's see if I can find the shark cage. It. Yeah, I think anybody who's listening on the podcast, you will have to go check out these books because they're gorgeous, like gorgeous illustrations. And this one, so I used to uh, play contests 
that was like my, my hobby. And you actually win. And I would win like almost every day I did so much of it. But one thing I did is I won a trip from Stater Brothers. And I took my whole family to Oahu. And I wanted to go in a shark cage. So we drove over to the North Shore and we went 10, 10 miles out and went into a shark cage. So first it was me and my sons and we were in the cage and my older daughter was on the top. My granddaughter was on the boat and my older daughter was on the top and she was feeding the fish, the fish, the sharks to bring them. And so she saw them jumping out of the water and everything and we were in the cage and it was just fascinating to have these sharks, you know, swimming around us. And um, so that is in this page. So everything is based on my real adventures. So Super cool. I've had a lot of fun. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> wow. So what was this? What was who was the biggest support along your journey? Like in, in recovering from the trauma and writing the books and getting to this point where you're, you know, who who helped you? Well, my family, my family, of course. <laughs> they let me write about them. <laughs> you know, and um, but my mom, my mom goes to a lot of my book events with me. In fact, the very first ones in 2008 and 2009, my grandma and my mom, I did a whole bunch of libraries. At that time, you could just call the library and they would book you and you could go do events. So I was traveling all, that's one thing I did the first summer I was getting divorced um, is I just traveled all summer around Southern California and did all, I think I did 13 libraries, but we actually took my grandma with me and she went to a couple of them but on the way to one of the book signings, my mom was sitting in the back of the, and she taught kindergarten for 25 years. So she was in the back of the car and she goes, we need a craft. And I'm like, a craft? <laughs> you know? And so she made these crowns while she was sitting in the back of the car. And so at all the events, I have crowns and we have crayons and markers and stickers and all of that. And so even the boys, the boys love making the crowns. And so she's the one who came up with that and I'm still using it. <laughs> so. So she was a lot of help. And when I was getting my credential and going to school, I started on little kids and I started going to, um, to junior college. And you could take a class where you get credit for either volunteering or working. You actually get college credit for it. So I was working in my mom's classroom volunteering and I would take my little girls with me. And she, she taught me, like she taught me how to be a teacher. And she was very supportive of that. She's been supportive of the books. Um, and my friend Judy, who helped me write Dragon's Breath, she's, she's always been very supportive. Um, when I was going through the divorce and things were happening, I was, you know, trying to work on my PhD and she would say, go back to work, go back to work, go finish what you're doing. You know, like, don't worry about that. Go do this, go do this. And so she's, she's really been a rock for me and helped me a lot. And so I've had a lot of really good support. It sounds like it. There's nothing better than having a super supportive mom on your side. Yeah, yeah. Mine is the same way. She's amazing. My biggest fan, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any um, like quotes or sayings or mantras, mottos, anything that you like to say like repeatedly to yourself to kind of help you get through tough moments? Um, I don't know. I don't have quotes or anything. It's just, you just really have to remember that if someone's doing something bad to you, it really is about them. Mm -hmm. You know, don't internalize it. I mean, you know, sometimes you do something to someone and it upsets them, yes. But 
you know, especially if you don't even know who they are, <laughs> you really haven't done anything to them. And sometimes people just are bad people and they're mean and selfish. And then that's what they do. But for me, the one thing that I did to cope with everything that was happening when I just was feeling so down, I would look at flowers and I would take pictures of flowers and I had these beautiful, beautiful marigolds. Or there were morning glories and I would take pictures of them. And every morning, cause I knew that that's what they wanted was for me to be unhappy or to be sad or, you know, they wanted to ruin my life. They tried, they tried really hard to ruin my life. Yeah. And I would just go outside and take pictures of those beautiful morning glories and just post all over my social media. Cause I know they were watching me is, you know, have a beautiful day. And, and I think when losing my house, the one thing that I really hurt was I used to have these huge family parties. And since then I haven't been able to have them because I didn't have a backyard anymore. And during this time, you know, the kids have moved on and they're all busy with their lives and we don't get to do the family stuff as much. Though we're starting to do it. That's one thing we started to do during the lockdown is we did a lot of camping. Well, everybody else was not going anywhere. We went camping and did a lot of traveling. We went to the Sequoias and Zion and the Grand Canyon and San Diego to camping. And we did a lot of stuff together. We were careful and, but um, we still stayed together. So I got a couple of books out of that one I'm gonna write. <laughs> one on the Grand Canyon, one on Zion. <laughs> so, um, you know, and that's what I do when we're on a trip. I think, wow, you know, like we're at the rim of the Grand Canyon and. Some of the family, the grandkids and my kids were riding bicycles around the, along the rim. Mm -hmm. And then some of us, cause we had the dogs, we were trying, we were trying to walk. We went on this trail. I think it was called the angels something. And my son-in-law was like, oh, go on that trail. It's fine, you know? So we start walking down and it's the trail that goes to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. And it's the trail that the, the mules go on, the donkeys. And it was not an easy trail. <laughs> so we had these little kids and it was, oh, it was really hot. So we wait, made it about a mile, a mile and a half down and said, uh, no, and it was so hot. So we came back, but so then we stayed at a KOA and they had um, go-karts. So we went go-kart riding, we went swimming. We did all this stuff. Then on the way home, we went to the Grand Canyon Cavern and you can actually spend the night there. So that's on my bucket list now to go back and spend the night in the cavern. And so that'll be part of the book, but I have to go do it first. Right. But, right. you know, you just gotta, you know, life, sometimes you just gotta, you know, if the only thing you have for that day is that beautiful flower, that's amazing, you know? That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> positive, right? Mm -hmm. So where are you going from here? What is next for you? Oh my gosh, I don't know. Um, so next month, I kept saying July, but I guess July is next month, um, is the film festival. So I'm gonna spend a week at the film festival. And now there's three awards nights, it's red carpet. And um, so I'm excited about that, very nervous. It'll be the first time I actually get an award. And so I'm excited but scared, you know, and I've never been to a film festival, so I really don't know what to expect, but it's going to be very exciting. And of course, I have this Netflix screenplay, you know, if it doesn't, if Netflix isn't interested at the moment, I still have the screenplay and see what comes of that. Um, I'm actually writing a book 
We've already written it. We're working on the illustrations out of Tucson, Arizona. Uh, it's based on a bed and breakfast there, Hacienda Linda. And if anybody wants to go to Tucson, you need to go there. She's amazing and it's an amazing place. You have to look it up. But the book is based on, on that. And so we're working, I think she's got four more illustrations to do and I'll publish that one. And then just in a few weeks, I'm going to go on a road trip to Wyoming and I'm going to stay in a haunted hotel there. And I'm going to um, write a book with my childhood friend's family. I saw them about 10 years, 10 years ago and we talked about writing a book. And so he contacted me uh, last year and he says, well, when are we writing this book? And I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm gonna go out there this summer and we're gonna get the information and I'm gonna research it. And I don't know what it's gonna be on, but I think it's gonna be based on the Haunted Hotel. <laughs> and then we'll go from there. I know it's gonna have buffaloes, <laughs> but beyond that, I don't know. Cause he's gonna um, let me know what he wants to write about. So that's what I'm doing with that. What? And I'm still teaching and um, I'm gonna have a new grandbaby. So got lots of good stuff going on. Yeah, well, congratulations on all your success. You're incredibly inspiring. And um, throughout our entire conversation, there was so many moments where I just had like the warm fuzzies and the <laughs> and the where, I, you know, I'm just, I feel like I'm connected to connecting to you really deeply and I can feel, you know, the joy and the excitement and, all of these amazing positive feelings just radiating off of you. You have a beautiful spirit. Um, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing amazing things in the world. I just totally support you. I'm going to have to go Thank you. buy your stuff. Okay. So if I want to buy <laughs> my books book in the world, where do I go? Uh, I have a website, Dr. Don Menge. I have a Facebook, Don Menge One. I have an Instagram, Don Menge, and a Twitter, Queen Vernita. And my publisher is Rushmore Press. But you know, you can just Google me or any of the books. They're in Walmart, Target, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, lots of independent bookstores um, online. You can contact me and I will sell you a copy and an author signed copy if you would like. And so their book, they're pre-K to sixth and seventh grade. So dependent on the age of the child and what you want to talk about, like the one on New Orleans. Um, it's higher level and it has slavery and the Underground Railroad and plantations. So it's higher, le higher learning and the concepts are, um, you know, more in depth yes. than just adventure. So I have one on Alaska and they go kayaking. Are they marked where you can see what the age groups are when you're looking? They are on Amazon. They have age groups on them. Yes. So. All right. Well, everybody, go check out Dr. Dawn Mange, and all of her information will be in the description part of this podcast below. So you can just go and click there and check out all of her amazing things. And I super suggest that you go follow her on all her social media and keep a lookout for that Netflix. I believe that's going to happen. I feel like that's going to happen. I hope. Well, I hope so. <laughs> But I'm going to stay realistic. <laughs> well, look at all you've done already. I think it is realistic to think it's going to come to pass. So thank you for being here. Thank you for coming and sharing your light. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. Have a good day. This episode is brought to you by Right Way Home Improvement. 
It's a small family-owned business with skills and precision from over 15 years of experience. When it comes to your home, you don't want to just get it done. You want to get it done the right way. So you can call today for your free estimate at 502-780-7199 or visit rightwayhomeimprovement.com. That's right, W-R-I-G-H-T.